Welcome to Latter-day Bridge Builders. I'm your host, Mitch. On today's episode, Garrett, our other host, and I discuss some reasons why we believe people join or stay members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and why they may be valid in doing so. If you have not yet listened to our introduction episode, we would encourage you to go back and hear our thoughts there before tuning into this or any other episodes. In that introduction, we share some ground rules we have for ourselves, as well as what our overreaching goals and thesis are for this podcast. We are not experts on religion, theology, or Mormonism. Any views expressed herein belong to those who made the statement and do not necessarily reflect the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or its membership. first episode and we're excited to be here i know yeah this is gonna be great we're really excited we hope that you guys will feel like we're trying to be as open-minded as we can and as unbiased as we can we know that bias might seep through while we're talking about things but our aim here is to try to come together you know uh, explore both sides both arguments uh, meet halfway in the middle exactly build bridges right right yeah latter-day bridge builders <laughs> that's the title so um as far as like who we are, we will go into that into a later podcast episode. Um, as far as like introductions or backgrounds with the church and so forth. And even when we do that, we'll keep that more on like a need to know basis, I guess. Um, I don't think it's this podcast is the appropriate media to or medium to go into depth, like how we came to certain conclusions about the church, whether it be for or against or anything like that. So. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, like we know just as much as the next next guy, mm-hmm. you know, or girl on these issues. We don't have any claim to our names. Exactly. So to speak. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. We are just a disclaimer. We're not experts at all. We're just two right. guys who care about this um, subject and wanted to get our voices out there. So if you're listening, thanks. And feel free to share this with your friends and family if you feel like it would help. Um, but let's get into our first topic. So our first topic for this episode is why do people stay in the church? Right. And what, like, what are those reasons and are they valid for staying? Because I think people who are in the church for the most part do have valid reasons. Oh, there's there's totally valid reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Being somebody who is not in the church personally, um, I can admit that there are really good reasons to stay in the church, whether you are a full believing member or not. Exactly. And there's a whole spectrum of like activity, right? And there's all kinds of different labels that we put on people like nuanced, which is someone who's, if someone hasn't heard that term before, it's someone who believes in parts of the church, but maybe not others. Um, I feel like most LGBTQ allies in the church are a little bit more nuanced, for example. Right. Um, There's also more of the attend when I want to kind of crowd. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that are still like in the middle ground somewhere. Mm -hmm. And maybe we'll talk more about that in the future. But I think today we kind of want to talk about more the why people stay, why people leave in this episode today. Sure. Well, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. All right. So first reason that I've got written down here are... Uh, a support system, a strong support system. So that can include if you've been raised in the church, you have family members that are in the church, um, your local community, friends, 
you you've always got this system that you can rely on, you know, talking about ministering and, you know, what yeah. used to be home teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always somebody that you can call who's 100 percent willing to help you. And I think that's that's a that's a valid reason to stay. Yeah. You know? I think that's a great thing about the church, too. You know, just like that networking and you really can move anywhere in the world and find people to connect with. Right. Right. Yeah. Same values Mm -hmm. sort of just, you know, immediately upon say you move to a new area, you know, you immediately have friends, um, or at least soon to be friends, right. That that (laughs) you can relate to, um, that understand you, that understand your background and won't question your morals or your values. And I think that that is invaluable. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, it's definitely something to be said with friends who share similar values and morals, right? Like, as a member of the church, you know, I've never really like had the desire to go drink alcohol necessarily. Right. Mm-hmm. And having friends who sh- I already know share those values or at least should. Right. You know, like that's very comforting. And yeah. to know that you can not have to have that hard discussion with them necessarily. Um, right. You know, cause everybody deserves to feel safe, yeah. I think, you know, and if, if you've got a unique belief system, which, you know, one might argue we do, uh, in the church, then, uh, you can go to church and you can feel safe and the people that are there that you meet, you can feel safe with them. Yeah. That's the hope for sure. Right. Yeah. And it definitely is. I think everyone who's listening to this and knows anything about Mormonism or the church can agree when we say that, the culture of the church sometimes kind of sucks, <laughs> right, right. but like the doctrines or the principles at their core are good things. Right. Right. So, right. Um, you don't, don't go to church expecting it to be perfect. Right. Right. Um, right. You have to realize that people are fallible. The leaders mm-hmm. are fallible. There's going to be mistakes made. Um, and right. stuff like that, but yeah, support system. I really like that. Yeah. So um, what's on your list? Yeah. Let's see. I would say, probably one of the biggest reasons is they truly believe it. People truly believe that the church is the true church. That's true. That should have been like the number one reason. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. We didn't, we didn't uh, discuss our points with each other before this. This is just kind of a natural conversation. So, but yeah, I mean like I've had spiritual experiences in my life Mm -hmm. and some of them extremely powerful. Right. Um, And me too. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. 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 And of course, if you believe it and, and especially the ordinances, right. You talk about the mm-hmm. ordinances, taking the sacrament, renewing those baptismal covenants and other covenants, that would be another number one reason to go. For you sure. know, if, if not for the people there or to, or for the speakers there or anything like that, if you just go there just for the ordinances, that would be valid. Yeah, I think, I think so as well. It's, um, spirituality is something that we don't really know much about, right? It's people try to study it at least a little bit. I've seen some studies with like things and how the physiological response that we have in our bodies. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's, it really is a powerful thing. Um, I think we can all agree that spiritual experiences aren't necessarily like a monopoly in the church. Right. Right. They're people can experience spiritual feelings with movies of all kinds or right. Like you're not, you're not, you know, isolated just to the church and being Mm -hmm. in church or church activities to have a spiritual experience. Sure. Sure. Um, but along those same lines, like still like people do feel those spiritual experiences in church and they attribute that to being from God directly and reading the book of Mormon, for example, praying to know that it's true, getting that spiritual witness and, feeling like this is the right thing that I need to do in my life, right? This this is what I need to follow. I think that's 
the number one reason why people join the church mm-hmm. and stay in the church as well is because they they truly believe it. Right, and that's the that's the whole foundation of testimonies, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Is like the the feeling of the spirit when you read the Book of Mormon or if you hear the prophet speak or something like that. And I think it would be an interesting discussion to talk about, you know, both sides of that as well in some future episode sure. where, you know, may, maybe feeling the spirit while, you know, reading the Book of Mormon, say, or being in general conference or something doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only truth. Right. Sure. That I think that would be interesting to talk about at some other point. But but yeah, testimonies going mm-hmm. to church. Uh, you believe it. Absolutely. Valid reason. Yeah. hundred percent valid. Okay. So next on my list, um, good values. So kind of, that kind of goes along, I guess, with the support system. Sure. Uh, but you know, say, say you're a non-believing active member and you're trying to reconcile that and still go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're trying to believe Maybe. Right. You've got some doubts, but you, you still think it's a good place. I think that that's, that's valid. You know, you, mm-hmm. you want to, especially if kids, right. Oh yeah. You want your kids to learn these good values. You want to teach them to be kind, to be Christ-like, you know, to do service, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the word of wisdom principles, like not drinking, doing drugs, those sort of things. You know, I think there's a lot of good values, some that I'm not even mentioning that, that are talked about regularly at church and for somebody who's not even a believing member, you could argue that that's a valid reason to go. Oh yeah, for sure. I know several friends actually who maybe they, I'm putting this label on them, so I haven't heard it from their lips. So forgive me, <laughs> um, but like the Jack Mormon kind of thing, you right. know, like they are not living certain standards of the church, but they feel like they need to be. Yeah. And kind of going along with that, like the church really does provide structure with its morals. And I think some people really need that structure in their lives. Mm -hmm. Like I've also had moments in my life where I feel like I really needed that structure and just like, no, like this is the right thing to do. Like, this is what God wants me to do. This is what my family wants me to do. This is what I want me to do, you know? Right. And just having good morals and living a good life because of the teachings of the church. Like, I don't think anyone can really argue against that in a lot of ways. Like I think when it's, it's taken to an extreme, mm-hmm. there can be some bad aspects of that, like purity culture. Yeah. Um, Judging shaming. others who don't live perfectly to those yeah, standards. Right. Exactly. So yeah. that can definitely be taken to an extreme. Absolutely. Um, but I think at its core, like the commandments really are good things, right? The law of chastity, yeah. you know, um, word of wisdom. Those are the two that yeah. mainly come to mind. For yeah. Part. Another one that comes to mind is tithing. You know, sure. the, the idea of donating mm-hmm. money to charity, whether that's, you know, directly to the church or some other charitable organization. That's, right. that's, that's another one. Yeah. I hear multiple like financial podcasters and stuff. And they're like, donate 10% of your income. Yeah. And they're like not yeah. members of the church. I'm like, hmm, that's, that's interesting. That is interesting, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's to be giving of your money freely. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that shows a lot about you not shaming anyone who doesn't do that necessarily, you know, but like, I feel like that's a very tangible way to show your love, whether it be for God or for your fellow man, um, for the church, Jesus Christ, whoever you want to attribute that to, but like giving money is a very tangible way and everybody likes money. Right. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> we all need it too. Yep. That's right. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. The morals, the, uh, the structure that comes along with that. Right. Nice. Um, Something else 
that I have that I feel like is a valid reason is just like heritage. I had that one written down okay, as well. Nice, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So talk about your heritage in the church. Like, are you a multi-generational member? Yeah, I am. Or, I yeah. am. I don't, I don't know like my whole lineage, so sure. to speak off the top of my head, but I know that I'm like a descendant from John Tanner back in the oh, day. Nice, yeah. Um, and I, I know at least my great, great grandparents and, you know, there's some pioneers in there as well. But yeah, I, I should, I should really go back and, and learn the <laughs> heritage, history, but, right? <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I think there's some value to that, you know, and, and that's a valid, that's a valid thing to, to be a member, to be attending, you know, like you, you respect your heritage, you ex- respect the sacrifice that your ancestors made. Um, yeah. I mean, what about you? Yeah. Um, I'm multi-generational as well. I kind of, kind of interesting, like I come from quote, I'm doing air quotes for those <laughs> because we're not recording this video. Um, good stock, right. I've heard that a few times before, but like I'm a direct descendant of Brigham Young. Um, he's like my fourth great grandfather. Wow. Like my, my mater, or sorry, my paternal grandmother's maiden name is young. Uh-huh. Um, I also want to throw in the caveat that he was, this is from his second wife, not his 30th, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> shout out to all my cousins out there that I don't know. But, um, and then on my other side, on my mom's side, like I'm actually a first cousin to Joseph Smith. So wow. the church is just like deeply ingrained into like both sides of my family, like all the right. way back. Right. And I feel like that's at least here in Utah, mm-hmm. in the Western United States as well. Um, that's a big reason why people something to be proud of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's your culture, it's your heritage and that's right. a valid reason. Like how could you not be proud of these pioneers sure. who sacrificed so much to make it out here, you know, mm-hmm. to for independence right. and you know when I say here, we're recording in Utah. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're just north of Salt Lake, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, like I don't know, do you celebrate Pioneer Day? I don't know how. I, <laughs> I honestly just don't know how to celebrate Pioneer Day. Sure. Like I mean I so I'm not from Utah originally. I I grew up kind of a military brat. So Pioneer right. Day is totally foreign to me. It's not celebrated outside of Utah. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe is it celebrated in Idaho and Arizona? I would think like very high concentration Mormon populations, you know, like yeah. um, Rexburg, I think probably okay. has some. That makes sense. Yeah. Because the pioneers also like once they got to Salt Lake, they kind of dispersed in other areas. And yeah. There's like these pockets like near Gilbert, Arizona. I feel like oh. there's a lot of members and stuff. Like I, Right. I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least several people in like those kind of pockets that still celebrate that still celebrate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know <laughs> celebrate it apart from like <laughs> I, I, there's fireworks. I right, know that. Right. Um, I know some people do like Trek type things on pioneer day. Is mm-hmm. that a thing? I don't, I know you'll have to educate me. No, you're good. Um, I, I would think maybe some people like Trek is more of like the youth conference kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which usually takes place during the summer months just because kids are out of school. So it could coincide with that day specifically, maybe. But it's not but deliberately a pioneer day thing. I, don't, I never celebrated it that way, at least. Like my family, <laughs> my mom, her grandmother grew up or like lived right on the parade route downtown in Salt Lake City. And so wow. as a very young kid, she would go to the parade every year. Yeah. And to this day, like we as a family, my mom wakes up at like four or five in the morning and reserves a spot for us. And oh, that's awesome. Down there and watch the parade. So that, what a cool tradition. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. It's yeah. fun. It's definitely fun. Um, something, this is kind of like going on the opposite side of Pioneer Day while we're just kind of on the subject <laughs> just a bit is <laughs> recognizing like Native American yeah. Heritage that was here before the pioneers came. Mm-hmm. I was specifically looking this year in the parade for like any Native American or Indian, like 
entries or anything like that. And I didn't see a single one. And I was just like thinking like, Mm. was that on purpose? Like I would, yeah, I would think it might be because there is some like rough history with the pioneers and Mm -hmm. native Americans. Actually, that's the whole history of the United States, right? It's not just specific to Mormonism. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think that's an important thing that we need to recognize is that people, what to one group of people is a celebration is to another group of people like a, have a bitter taste in their mouth. Right? Sure. And so I think just recognizing that, like we don't need to feel shame for it. That was our ancestors. That was in the past. We can't right. change it. Right. We're not responsible for their actions. Exactly. But yeah. at least recognizing it and making reparations where they're needed. Um, and just like trying to build bridges moving forward, I think is an important thing. So totally. If anyone here is listening and knows more about native Americans and or their tribes and groups and how they feel about pioneer day, shoot us an email. Um, we'll put a link to our email in the show notes. I'd like to learn more about that. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, heritage culture, it's, it's a big part of it. I think like even at least here in Utah, everybody's a member, right? Like Mm -hmm. we were talking with the missionaries yesterday, right? And they said they covered like 15 wards or something like that. Yeah. And like geographically, that's probably a very small area, you know, right. Right. Landmass. So it's, what am I trying to say? Like to be a member is like the norm for the most uh-huh. part. I think the statistics are like right. half or two thirds of people right. in Utah are members of the church, whether they're active or not. That's another question. Right. Right. But, but still being members of the church mm-hmm. and yeah. And still considering themselves members sure. probably. And yeah, I mean, cause I think, I think there's a lot of family, you know, uh, traditions that are probably intermingled in that, that, mm-hmm. you know, like I know that we, every year growing up, we went up to go see the Christmas lights at our local temple, which sure. was in Washington DC for, for me. And, uh, that was a special Christmas tradition. And, and while we did that, we would go through the visitor center and we'd mm-hmm. watch videos and stuff like that. And, and of course caroling and, you know, that's obviously a universal, uh, Christian sure. type of tradition. But, you know, I think, I think a lot of the times, you know, this heritage kind of, it, it can be it can be broad in in the way of ancestral mm-hmm. type heritage, but it could also just be like, you know, this is the way that I was raised, you sure. know, and uh, I want to carry that on, you know, as yeah. much as I can. Yeah. Do, do you think that's a valid reason to stay in the church? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. agree. I honestly like if somebody is happy to go to church and whatever the reason is, sure. I, I I would frankly say like I think that's a valid reason. Yeah. You know, like if 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 you're getting something out of it and you're not harming anybody by being there. What, how is that not a valid reason? Yeah. You know? Good point. I don't know. Yeah. I, I had some other valid reasons though, that I think are, are good. And these, these might be more, uh, more negative, but still valid. Okay. You know, like, yeah, I think I had a few of those too. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Like w- one, one that I remember feeling personally in my faith journey was, you know, when I began to have doubts and those kind of things, I, there's always in the back of my mind, kind of this idea that what if I'm wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, like, what if I'm totally wrong? Uh, I, I better sort of keep trying just in case. Right. Sure. Uh, you know, and, um, I think, I, I wonder if that's valid or not, you know, cause I, I don't know if that's being a hundred percent true to yourself or not, Sure. but I think that that is a reason mm-hmm. why people stay for yeah, sure. Like it, it is, it, you know, I'm not sure I, I better to doubt your doubts, right. than doubt your faith. We've mm-hmm. heard that one before. Um, so I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's kind of going along with that. Like, and I felt this way in the past, but I had a family member reach out to me recently and he was like, 
I feel like it's kind of like a low risk, high reward kind of situation Mm -hmm. where it's like, let's imagine this is the true church and like, this Mm -hmm. is where we need to be. Right. Like the reward at the end of this life, like, you know, right. Celestial glory, celestial glory, exaltation. Like you can create worlds, become like God. Right. Yeah. Um, and the risk is you have a calling and you have to go to church every Sunday and you know, all the things that we know we should do. Exactly. So it's like, risk is a what am I trying to say subjective thing you know what's maybe low risk to someone else to someone might be very high risk to someone else you know what I mean true true 10% of their income to someone is just like no that's just what I do you know right whereas other people it's like no that's like thousands of dollars every year like I I need that money like now you know so right but I feel like people have their reasons but Mm -hmm. for that and um feeling like yeah like I might as well Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Why not? If I'm getting so much else from it sure. as well, like even if I'm not believing it, the stuff that we just covered, right? Like sure. we're, we're respecting our heritage. Mm-hmm. We are engaging in good values. We have a support system. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm getting all of these things, even if I don't believe, you know, the upside is if I'm wrong, right, about my beliefs, then, you know, you still have all of the benefits of, yeah, you sure. know, keeping the commandments and yeah. covenants and things like that. And that's valid. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think also kind of like Mormon doctrine is so unique in a lot of ways. Also really quick, like I just want to throw in there, we're going to probably use the word Mormon like a lot. I know that's mm-hmm. something that the church recently has like said not to use so much. Right. Um, and that's not out of disrespect to the exactly, church. Right. Exactly. And maybe we'll throw this in like a disclaimer in our like yeah, initial yeah. like it's just a lot shorter, stuff. right? It is, it's shorter. <laughs> it's so much easier to say. Um, and we I, all know what we're talking about exactly. when we mention Mormon. It's, yeah, it's hard to uh, teach an old dog new tricks. I don't feel like I'm an old dog necessarily, but for ninety percent of my approaching thirty, right? yeah, exactly. For more than ninety percent of my life, I've used the word Mormon. So forgive me if that offends people, but. I know other people don't really care. So I'm yeah. just kind of one of the person that doesn't really care too much about it. So anyway, going back, um, Mormon doctrine is very unique in a lot of ways, right? Like mm-hmm. it's hard to, I feel like I've felt this way in the church before, where it's like looking at other theologies and other doctrines and stuff from other religions, whether it be inside Christianity or out, mm-hmm. it's like <sighs> looking at other doctrines is almost like less than right. in a lot of ways. You mean from within the church? From within the church, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that like other doctrines and theologies are less than, but right. like it is very easy to, as a member, be like, okay, like my doctrine like teaches me that I can become like God. Like I don't, uh-huh. I personally don't know of any other right. theologies that teach that. I don't either. Right. I'm sure they're they're out there. Sure, yeah, maybe. Same. I don't know. Yeah. But and God is a subjective term sure. as well too. Sure. So like, yeah, I don't know. No, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Yeah. So it's like where, and I feel like church leaders have said this in the past, like, where will you go? Like, I kind of have some issues with that statement a little bit, but true. looking at it like what I think was intended with that statement was more like what theology does compare to ours in a lot of ways. It, it is that yeah. low risk, high reward kind of thing. Like yeah. You might as well stick around because like the reward really is just like so high if True. you're into that. And also just like, you know, it's more than just heaven and hell. It's all yeah, different there's different kingdoms. degrees. Yeah. No, like I, I remember when I was on my mission uh, and prob- probably a lot of listeners can relate to this, but I, I remember having this 
this idea that, you know, I needed to share, I needed to add to whatever people had, Mm -hmm. right? Like not that I'm removing anything, exactly, but that if anything, I'm giving more. So if you wanted more, right, then why would you refuse that? You know, And, and, and in a way, that's maybe a softer angle on the same concept where it's like, yes, you can interpret that as we have more than you, therefore we're better. Or you could just interpret it as like, yeah, like nothing against you. We just got more, you know, (laughs) exactly. We have the fullness, right? Yeah. The fullness of the gospel, right? Which is very, that is taught a lot in the church. I have another one. Okay. Okay. So the next one I have, again, this is kind of on, you know, I, I guess I'm kind of listing reasons from like, most pure, so to speak, as in like most authentic sure. to least authentic. Yeah, I kind, kind of thought of. the same thing. So yeah, so uh, along those lines, uh, kind of on the less authentic, I guess, is the fear of rejection by family members and friends. I honestly have been in that boat before, where you know, um, I was afraid of repercussions in my family. You know, like right. if I were to stop going and I were to say that I'm not active anymore. Which I eventually did, but that that took a lot of time, and I worked with a therapist for a long time sure. to figure out how to how to convey that appropriately. Yeah, you know, and I I, I think different. This is variable, right? Like d- different f- different people will react to their family members um, than others, right? Like exactly. if they're saying I'm going to leave the church, like. I know that with my wife's family, you know, they're like, cool, you know, like you have your own choice, right? You have your own ability to, to be whoever you want, to believe whatever you want. Uh, and others, you know, it, it probably comes from a place of love, like, a like, or maybe a place of fear, like they fear for them, for example, but they'll freak out and they'll, they'll tighten their grip on their kids and they'll, you know, it'll be really intense and, and maybe cause an opposite effect, right? Not conveying love, but more conveying fear yeah. um, and punishment. Definitely. And I think that in some families that are more like the latter, um, one might stay in the church just for that reason. Yeah, I agree. I actually wrote down like, like the same thing, like too much fallout if someone does leave the church. Right. Right. Whether it be divorce. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge thing, you know, where spouses have differing views on religion mm-hmm. and to especially start off in the same spot yep. or relatively the same spot. And then one have a to, temple marriage. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then have someone, um, lose their faith, go through a faith crisis and the other person doesn't, I feel like that can cause a lot of tension. Oh, for life. sure. That, that I, I wonder if there is some statistic on that somewhere. Cause yeah. I, I would wonder, like, I, I at least know personally of friends that, mm-hmm. you know, um, not mentioning anybody personally, but, you know, they've had struggles in their marriage, either separated, divorced, or just it was really hard yeah. right, to stay together. Um, and, and I hope that a positive consequence of this podcast eventually would be to be able to help those in any kind of relationship, whether that's a you know, a parent child relationship, a friendship, mm-hmm. a marriage, uh, something like that. Right. Where they can, they can sort of understand the nuances to both sides of this. Definitely. Um, and be able to bridge the gap and still make things work. Exactly. Right? Like say in a marriage, right. You've got a super believing faithful member and then you have one that's not, and that has left the church. Can that marriage still survive? You sure. Know? I think there's varying degrees to that. Like, I don't, like, for instance, I'm thinking of someone that I know personally that did get divorced. Mm-hmm. And I think a faith crisis did have a part to play in that. Now, there were other aspects to that relationship. And I this is just me looking outside in, like, and from what I've heard. So I'm not trying to judge this. 
relationship in any way. Um, I don't know all the details, of course. Mm-hmm. So, but like sometimes the faith crisis can be the the straw that breaks the camel's back maybe or something. Sure. Um, yeah. Like that was the only thing that was holding them together. Yeah. For maybe. And there was like other problems in the relationship. And so like, I don't want to make it sound also like, you know, people of differing faith believe or levels of faith and stuff like that need to stay together. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a relationship that isn't working out for some reason, like maybe you do need to cut those ties in something. And like sure. something I just want to always like talk about in this podcast is like, we're not the expert on other people's journeys. No. Right. Like yeah. I'm not the expert on your journey. Right. You're not the expert on mine. Anyone listening, like we're just throwing our thoughts out there, whether you get mm-hmm. something good from that or not. Like that's. Yeah. And we'd hope, we'd hope that, that, you know, our attitude towards mm-hmm. that would, would sort of be brought back to us as well. For sure. So to For speak. Sure. Right. Like I think that's the whole idea as well is that we will hope that, our discussion can facilitate a more open-minded mindset among mm-hmm. listeners and um, more tolerance, religious tolerance sure. in relationships and in interactions, yeah. even in perceptions of others. Definitely. And that goes for both sides of the coin, right? Because there are a lot of true believing members of the church who really do distance themselves, distance themselves from members of their family or whoever friends that have left the church for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who have left the church who are distancing themselves from their family or right. trying to drag the other one back or drag them out with them. Like mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about this like more in the future. Like for sure. I think those types of things, I like to use the phrase like dig a Canyon rather than build a bridge. Like you're making it harder to build a bridge by doing those types of actions. So mm-hmm. like once again, not with like shame or anything like that, I want to make sure like this, like, I'm not trying to shame anyone, um, but right. certain behaviors and certain ways that you go about a relationship can really have an impact on things and for better or worse. And I think that both parties, both fully in the church and fully out of the church, I've seen a lot of behaviors that are not good from both sides. Absolutely. So, um, as we move forward and like talk about this, these types of issues, like we want to try to present both sides and also like counter arguments and stuff like that. And just Mm -hmm. like really just drive home that point, like build a bridge, right? Like, try to repair a relationship rather than drive it apart. Right. So like, what's the downside? You yeah, know? exactly. Like seriously. Yeah. What, imagine like what, what would the church be like and the community be like if we were not judgmental or hateful towards mm-hmm. the opposite side, so sure. to speak, if there are sides, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, or like mocking or like people deal with their faith crises in different ways. Mm-hmm. or deal with their family members' faith crises in different ways. And there's no right way to have a faith crisis. You know what I mean? Right. People have it really quickly. People have it dragged out over years or decades or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all kinds of different, like everybody's story is different, right? right? And I think just like coming to a level of understanding one with each other and like truly like listening to the other person and not trying to be combative or defensive Mm-hmm. Like that's another like kind of contrary kind of thing. So I think that's another episode I want to do here in the future is like, how are we combative, mm-hmm. combative towards people? Mm-hmm. And how are we defensive for our own beliefs? Yeah. Because I think both sides, once again, if you said, like, like you said, if there are sides, if there are sides, yeah, <laughs> which I think, you know, in a way there are, it, there are for sure. It, yeah. it, and I, I would say right now, especially, right. I think we would mm-hmm. all hope that would change at some point where there's no sides, you know, exactly. 
we're all on the same side, right? In this journey, right? Just trying to get along and Uh move forward and build better communities. Yeah. Like, like like even being a so-called ex Mormon, right. Um, I still try to embody, uh, Christ-like principles and characteristics. And like, I would totally be down to get behind this sort of universal Christ-like love in the community. Right. I mean, no matter whether I'm a member or not, yeah. you know, and even if you didn't believe in Jesus Christ, I feel like that's like even if you thing. didn't believe in Jesus Christ, right? right? Like even <laughs> yeah. if you're atheist or agnostic, like yep. those core principles that Jesus taught in the Bible, yeah. whether they be literal or not, like are good things. Like, you know, like yeah. love, acceptance, yeah. generosity, yep. compassion, like those are the core values of society. I feel for sure. For and sure. Yeah. Just moving forward with that. So yeah. Fallout. Um, Mm-hmm. Kind of coming back to that topic, that is, I just want people to be true to themselves. Mm-hmm. And I would hope that we can get to a point where the only reason someone is staying a member of the church, or maybe even like, like on the flip side, like someone thinking about rejoining the church, but mm-hmm. all their friends would mm-hmm. like disown them in a way. It's like, what, you're going back to that? Like, are you mm-hmm. crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, I would hope that fallout would be not a reason for someone to stay where they are. Like, mm-hmm. I agree. I totally agree. Yourself, right. Yeah. Like I, I've, I've said this several times. I said this to the missionaries yesterday in our mm-hmm. discussion. I was like, if, if church universally, meaning every ward, you know, every interaction, every talk, right. Reflected, you know, this Christ-like love, this non-judgmentality, and you actually felt not judged no matter who you were, no matter what you believed. Right. Um, I would go back. Yeah, I would. I mean that. Yeah. Awesome. And I'm not because it's not that way. Sure. sure. <laughs> Always. Right. Yeah. I am not saying everybody's that way. I just, Definitely. I just think we can agree. There's some judgmentality in, in, in the church. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Like on the flip side of that too, I'm just thinking like, you know, imagining someone who's more in the ex Mormon crowd mm-hmm. for whatever reason and whatever reason wants to go back to church for the valid reasons that we explained, you know, like, Maybe mm-hmm. they do want to rebuild connections with like their community in certain ways and stuff like that. Like to be shamed into not doing that, I don't think is, is a good thing. You know, like right. let people live their lives, right? Yep. Like whatever they want to believe, let them believe it. It would probably all balance out as far as membership goes. I would imagine too, mm-hmm. you know, like if, if we were to just say, all right, we're not going to judge anybody or have any repercussions for however you think or feel or whatever. Yeah. You probably would have some that come back and you probably have some that leave. Yeah. You know, definitely. Uh, and I don't but know. I think it would balance it out. It would probably like balance out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the hymn. Do what is, and it says the line, do what is right. Let the consequence follow. Yeah. Right. Uh, you mentioned that in your talk too. I yeah. Remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that's a, a cool line. I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like do the right thing. And Even though you don't know what the consequence exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think the consequence will, I would hope, you know, would be the right thing that happens to people. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. Cool. Um, I've got another one here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so an- another reason is <clears throat> to try to change the church from within. I've heard that often. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I've had I've had several conversations with people at, at with at varying different points of sure. their faith or faith crises, um, and and I think 
a lot of the conversations that I've had with more nuanced members, it's, it's those who are active, a very strong and powerful motivation that they have is to try to change the church from within for the better, right? To try to change that culture, to try to minimize judgmentality, you know, definitely. Um, and, and I respect that. I definitely mm-hmm. do. Um, I, I chose not to stay in the church because I felt that I, I felt that I wasn't, I felt that people who were in the church and very active, they, they wanted a certain thing, right? They wanted their beliefs to be reinforced. Um, they, they didn't really want, generally speaking here, you know, um, obviously there's exceptions, but, you know, generally speaking, I, I felt that people in the church, they, they don't want differing views or opinions Mm -hmm. if it's contrary to gospel principles, right? Like uh, there's obviously, you know, slight differences here and there and how you can interpret something. And I think that's welcomed oftentimes in Sunday schools, discussions, those kind of things. Right. But if, if you don't believe things literally, for example, uh, and you still want to go to church, I think generally speaking, members aren't welcome to that. Welcome to that input. Um, and so that's, that's, that's one reason why I kind of gave up on that idea to try to change the church from within. And I'm not talking about views or beliefs here, but more just like the cultural, the cultural aspect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if, if, if you really want something to be a certain way and to talk about things in a certain way, um, and you don't want any other input, then, it's it's almost futile to try to change that from within because a you should respect the people that are in the organization that that want to keep it that way yeah and then you'll be happier elsewhere (laughs) (laughs) you know it's kind of like two flip sides of the coin so i so i feel like that might actually not be a valid reason to stay personally but I would like to hear a counter argument for sure sure yeah because i feel like that's kind of where i'm at right now in a lot of ways is like i don't believe in the literalness of a lot of the different things, but I still want to, you know, for other reasons, like we mentioned, like it's my heritage, like mm-hmm. this, these are my people, you know what I mean? Like the Mormons right. are my people. Like I'm one of them. I've been in Utah my whole life, except for my mission. You know what I mean? Right. And it's, <laughs> I think most people would agree. Like the culture does suck sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to make it a more welcoming place. And of course it isn't, I can hear like all these ex members like screaming at me, like <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It goes from the top down, not the bottom up. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. In a lot of ways. Um, and that's maybe my view. Sure. Potentially. I mean, I think it depends on where you stand and Definitely. what you're trying to change because obviously we all matter and yeah. all of our interactions with people matter and we change the church for, for better, for worse. Of course. Yeah. And, and if you're arguing from that standpoint, that's a valid reason. Sure. But yeah, I think if you're trying to, to create mass cultural shifts. Definitely. I think you know, like for me, I'm just trying to show that someone can still go to church as often as they want to mm-hmm. not feel like they have to go every week or whatever. Like if you don't want to go every week, sure. Go for it. Right. Um, like a non-believing member can still be welcome. You know what yeah. I mean? That would be awesome. Yeah. Like yeah. I, more of the, the PIMOs, P-I-M-O, it stands for physically and mentally out. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've seen that online and stuff. So it's those who are physically going to church, but mentally they're like, nah, man, like, I don't believe in this at all. Uh-huh. Like, I think they're more than we think. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd agree. And there's like the closeted term, right? Like they, they don't come out with it because it's scary. 
Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And there and are repercussions. There are repercussions, unfortunately. unfortunately yeah. And I'm starting uh-huh. to see some of those too. Um, I won't go into the details about that because I don't think it's appropriate here, but, um, it's tough to be a non-believing member and still go in and stuff. And it's, I don't know where, like, I don't have any expectations for myself, you know, like as of right now in this moment, I want to still go as often as I want to go. Um, that's awesome right now. That's maybe once or twice a month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I still want to be there for other people and offering different points of view, you know, like I think a big thing is just diversity and not just diversity as in cultural. I think that's a big thing too. Like we're so white here in Utah. We need more, we need yeah. more people who yeah. aren't. <laughs> and I wonder why we don't have that much diversity. Yeah. That's, you know, I would assume it comes from like just the pioneers like coming here yeah. and they were mostly at the time from Europe or from uh-huh. the colonial States, which were from Europe, you know right. what I mean? Right. So like there's that part of it. Um, I would hope it's not that people have attempted to move here and felt, just like they could never integrate because the culture was so strong. Right. I I don't know. I would hope that isn't the case either, but, and we may talk about this in the future, you know, there are some aspects of the church where like certain groups have not historically fit in, you know, like blacks. Yeah. They were seen whether you like it or not. (laughs) I Uh hope nobody likes it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They were seen as second class, you know, they weren't allowed to go into the temple. They weren't allowed to have the priesthood until, 40 years ago, 43 years ago, something like that. Like that is very recent. Mm-hmm. Like that is before we were born. Right. But mm-hmm. like our parents were alive and LGBTQ yeah. IA plus, you know, yeah. like members of that community, mm-hmm. you know, up until very, very recently were, you know, made to believe that there was something wrong with them, that they're bad, you know? Yeah. I think um, we're still trying to change that. Too, I think we're still trying to change that. Absolutely. There's yeah. still lots of toxic, bad parts about yeah. The church in that aspect. So For sure. it, it yeah. is getting better. I think people are recognizing that it's slowly getting better, but yeah, I guess what I meant by that is, is that I think official church statements, official mm-hmm. church stances have changed to be more accommodating, sure, but sure. maybe not quite where they need to be. Yeah. And the culture always like has to catch up to the doctrine changes and yeah, a lot of ways exactly. It, the culture will always kind of lag behind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Teaching old dogs, new tricks, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like, I, um, I want to, try to help create this place where other people can feel comfortable. Right. That's why I'm currently still trying to go is to let people say like, you know, like, Hey, like I'm like you at least partially, or like maybe we, we we don't believe in this all exactly, but like, I still want to be here for whatever reason that is, you know? Right. And you can be here for whatever reason you have, you can leave if you want, Uh you know, like I don't want to have the expectation that anyone needs to stay. Like, I want to make that very clear. Like, I don't right. want to ever like in this podcast have the expectation that people need to stay in the church or that people need to leave the church. Right. Everyone has, Likewise. Their, yeah. everyone has their own journey. Everyone mm-hmm. has their own experiences and only, you know, yourself mm-hmm. and why you choose what you choose. And I think people need to be validated for their choices Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. So yeah. Trying to change it from within. That's a tough one. It's, it's a tough one. Yeah. yeah. Cause I, I, I guess, I guess another reason why, and I, I kind of regret saying that it's not valid because it's absolutely valid depending on why you're doing it. I, gu- I guess my point on where it would not be valid would be if your expectation is that the church is going to change for sure. And that everyone that's maybe like minded as you is going to 
be more welcomed eventually, you know, as a certainty, right? It's, it's only a hope, you know? And I think that's valid to, to Mm -hmm. have, to go forward with that as a hope going forward with that as an expectation may or may not be well founded as an idea Mm -hmm. potentially because you, you, you could potentially be very let down and very hurt, you know? Um, or trying to change core doctrines in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, I think that's, I don't agree with that. Like partially, I guess. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I'm thinking of like the ordained women movement. Have you heard okay. much about that? A little bit. I think it was a little bit more big 10 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to get women, the priesthood mm-hmm. and people were certain people who are like leaders of that kind of thing were excommunicated in a lot of ways and stuff. And it's like, I see what you're trying to do, you know, like it's maybe just the way going about it that right. is just like, it's tough. Like, because I really want to support something like that. Like, I think women do need more of a place in the church in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but like going, yeah, like you said, with that expectation, like expectations yeah. and frustrations. Right, right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause at what point do you just respect that the organization has a way that they want to do things Mm -hmm. and then you don't tamper with that. Right. And at what point do you try to change it? Right. Do you know? Yeah. Cause I, I know that people are excommunicated for much less than, than what we probably perceive to be excommunication worthy. You know, say if you speak out against a certain issue that you believe needs to be changed, you know, some people are excommunicated for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to say whether that's right or not, because yeah. that's not my place to say. But I, I think it begs the question that is it ethical to try to change the church from within or not? You know? Yeah. That's that's a, that's a, that's a hard one. for It me. is a hard one. It's a hard yeah. one for me, too. It's hard to. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. To be continued another exactly. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, all right. We're kind of I don't want to go too long with this episode, so maybe. Do you have anything else? Like maybe like one more topic we can talk about? Um, I have a couple smaller ones that I can mention real quick. Other things on my list were, uh, it's a really good place for service opportunities. There's always things going on that you can become involved in. There's like Um, the, uh, the just serve app. Yeah. Just serve. Yeah. Humanitarian stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Volunteering, um, is a big part of church culture and that's a positive thing for sure. I agree. Um, young men, young women programs that kind of goes along with the value system that you kind of get for your family, I guess that you can put them through that and, um, and and have good morals, good values that would be supported in their development. Mm -hmm. Um, gives them like a sense of belonging as well, you know, like fun activities, right. Every week. Right. You know, and I loved young men's growing up scouts. Yeah. They don't do scouts anymore. Yeah. Um, That's too bad. And COVID I think has really thrown a wrench in a lot of young men, young women programs, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And I think the church is starting to see repercussions of that. Um, not through their fault necessarily. I mean, COVID impacted the whole world in a Mm -hmm. lot of like negative ways, but you know, the church really is pushing a lot more of like missionary. I think missionary service is like way down compared to like what it used to be. And so I think, you know, lack of youth opportunities, you know, if someone was like 16, two years ago, it'd Mm -hmm. probably be about mission age right now. And if not having that, that structure. Yeah. Like that that youth support, mm -hmm. that peer support. Exactly. Like people might be kind of falling away and stuff. So sure. Um, yeah, I think maybe the last thing I would say is it kind of goes along with like the point of like truly believing it is like people are happy in the church. Mm -hmm. They really are like, yeah, 
I'm, I'm happy in, in the church in my past, you know, like looking back, like I really was just yeah. Yeah. feeling good about life, feeling good about myself. Yeah. And, and nobody should criticize people who are happy in the church. Exactly, right. Right. You know, even if you're outside of the church, mm-hmm. yeah. Like myself, you know, I, yeah. I'm not, I'm out of the church, but, um, I don't hold anything against those who are still in the church. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think going along with that, like if you are in the church, I think it would be good to recognize that like the church doesn't have a monopoly on joy. You know what I mean? Good point. That's well said. Yeah. (laughs) There are people outside of the church who really are happy with mm-hmm. their lives. Yeah. Like it's, it's not like your life just kind of gets ruined and yeah. spirals out yeah, of control. Exactly. I think that's a common misconception mm-hmm. by members in the church and often used as a fear tactic to try to prevent those from leaving. Perhaps right. I, I don't know if that's still frequently used, but it is possible to leave the LDS church and live a very happy, fulfilled life or to never join it. You know what I mean? Or to never like join 99. it. Yeah. 99.99% of the world population is not, members of the LDS faith. Right. And I would be willing to bet that most of those people are happy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. So I truly believe that people can be really happy in the church. People can be happy outside of the church. Mm-hmm. The church doesn't have a monopoly on joy, Yeah. but that doesn't mean that people can't have joy in the church. Right. Exactly. So agreed. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. This has been a good discussion. Yeah, it really has. Thanks, Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, listeners, um, just feel free to ask questions. Um, you're not going to offend us by anything that Definitely. you say or ask. Well, maybe you might offend us by things you say. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say that. We, questions are always welcome, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've probably heard it all, I guess. Right. I mean, we've, we've, we've heard criticisms and critiques. So, um, we want this to be a, a medium of exchange, um, uh, yeah, to just kind of improve communication and perception exactly. of varying beliefs and ways of life. Right. To build bridges between people, right? To right bring on. the communities together no matter where they're at. Um, yeah. So if you have comments, suggestions for future episodes, um, questions you want to ask us, we can answer on air or anything like that. Like shoot us an email at ldsbridgebuilders at gmail.com. Okay. Um, but we will move on to our next topic in a future episode. So thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.